Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. This is I Make Mad Beats, CEO and founder of Unapologetic. I'm here with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective podcast. This is your boy, South Memphis Jeff, and you are listening to Verbally Effective with Miss Ina Esco. Welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your host, your double E, Ina Esco. This is the pod that intersects art, culture, politics, entertainment with a Memphis focus. You guys know what I need you to do right now. Hit that subscribe button, please, on all streaming platforms or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube Ina Esco channel as well. Well, honey, today we have a true creative in the building with me. I'm talking about her client list. She works with the likes of your Googles, your Crocs, your Targets, and more. I am talking about illustrator, designer, Maya Sade. What's <laughs> up, beautiful? Hey, y'all. Hey. I'm How so are you? I'm, I'm actually doing really well right now. Yes. Um, I literally had to, you know, the weather tried to uh, play games. It's this week. It tried to play games, and I, I wasn't for it, so I stayed inside, but I've yeah. been good. <laughs> Yes, you've been good. Yeah. Welcome to the pod. Um, you know, Maya, you have been on the scene for a minute now um, in Memphis and beyond. Uh, a true creative. Um, you've done some amazing things. We were kind of talking about this before the pod started about, you know, how you were able to do some of these massive collaborations. Yes. And this is beyond some of your wildest dreams. Honestly, a <laughs> lot of these things I... Honestly, if you have told me I was going to do this probably like five years ago. I'd be Just like, five years ago. What are you talking about? Like, wow. I, I would have been like, oh, you're joking. Stop playing with me. Like, yes. really? So I'm very thankful yes. about these collaborations and projects. It's truly a blessing. Well, let's start at the beginning before we get into some of those collabs. Where are you originally from? So, truth be told, I'm from the outskirts of Memphis. Um, I grew up in Arlington. My folks, when they, uh, you know, my folks are originally from South Memphis, and my, you know, my mom went to Southside, my dad went to Hamilton. Okay. They moved to Atlanta in the early '90s, and then before they birthed me, they decided to come back and wanted to live out in the outskirts because they wanted like a, you know, out, you know, rural situation. My folks, I have folks out in Fed County, okay, in Somerville, Whiteville, and then uh, my parents had told me that my relatives 
basically what people talk about now, like how they want to go live in the woods and, mm-hmm. you know, sustain themselves, you know, yeah, like the real two, rule. Yeah, like, yeah, yes. yeah, like no lights. <laughs> where, yeah. So uh, a lot of my family, they were living in South Memphis. They got together and uh, they bought a bunch of land in Arlington. I love it. And so basically my folks all moved out there and mm. uh, they made gardens and Basically, we were bartering with each other. Like I my love it. my cousins had a ranch in you know Somerville, yeah. Fed County. So we were making jams, picking yes, peas, and see? doing that stuff. But also, you know, my folks, we go to South Memphis and you know Orange Mound, White Haven, and stuff. Got my folks out there, so mm-hmm. it was very juxtaposed living out in the country, but also you know back and forth, and then mm-hmm. trying to go to school in Arlington, especially the way it developed. So it was. Kinda. So you've seen like all of the development happen. Oh yeah, you grew up with the development happening. I grew up with the development from me and my sister. Literally, no sidewalks. Uh, our driveway was straight rocks. Mm-hmm. To you know, uh, I you know I graduated school in 2013. So uh, seeing my friends have three story houses and being like, mm-hmm. oh wow, like I never met anybody like that before. And mm-hmm. uh, having folks who live right next door to me and their both of their parents were pilots and. Mm-hmm doctors and stuff and, yeah you know, i just never seen anything it changed the whole thing so mm-hmm. you saw a lot of people move into your community yeah. um was everyone i guess um when the changes started happening you know even with your family unit was everyone you know welcomed to to this new development um, kind of mixed feelings maybe it was mixed feelings because uh the people i grew up with we you know middle class just country people you know mm-hmm. like uh, you know, I have friends where, I mean, I know them since like kindergarten, you know, and they be like, Hey, I know your folks and you know, my folks. And, you know, you would see my folks fishing across the street in the pond, like, mm-hmm. you know, but then when new people started to come in, I mean, not only you, st- I started to see different races, you know, but different classes of people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it was just, it was just a blender of yeah. all types of lives and really adjusting to something I never just ever dealt with it before so it was yeah. interesting so how did that change um I guess your your friend dynamic or your social circle at high school when you were at Arlington High did it change or um I would say <laughs> I just got to be friends with a lot of people like different types of people and it allowed me to get introduced to a lot of things that I definitely wouldn't have uh if you know never happened like you know I spent time in grade school um, I was an ambassador for some people. Some of my friends would come in and they were immigrants or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they spoke fully Spanish and I'll be like their translator for them or oh, Espanol. Yeah, actually in high school I took I took a couple of years. But um but it's crazy because I took I took five four to five years of Spanish, you know, because of okay. school. And um, that was really interesting. My best friend in one of the middle schools, she was Canadian. I never mm. had a Canadian friend before. You know, so yeah. so it was just really interesting going from basically having, you know, everybody around me being black. It was like all types of people. I had a friend. Um, her the last name was uh, her name, Angel Vu. Mm. Angel Vu used to make me. Uh, Where was she from, Angel Vu? Angel Vu, you know, she was from, she was, you know, actually from the U.S. But um, but she, her, like, her family was Vimney's. And she used to make uh, boxes and stuff for me. Like, we used to hang out, and it was just, it was interesting. I'm, I mean, yeah. serious, because yeah. it was like, uh, you know, you the stuff I used to see was, you know, about other people was on TV. So to actually, like, get to meet people, get to talk to them and understand, like, how they actually lived and, 
who they were as people. Like, we were just cool, you know? Yeah. But it was a big transition because, mind yeah. you, like I said, I grew up with folks from the country. Mm-hmm. We were farming, doing stuff like that. Mind you, I was just peeping in. Like, I wasn't doing that for all the time. <laughs> you know, I was, I was out in the city. But, um, but going from that to, like, having friends who, like, you know, they just live differently. And, yeah. you know, back then, early thousands, mid thousands, you know, these folks were renting uh, Hummer limos and stuff wow. like that. You know, and my mom be like, that's your friend? Yeah, uh-huh. I guess so. It was, it, they had that cheese, that monty. They had, they had something, you know, so it, uh-huh. it was just cool. And for me, I think it was cool in general. I think it was more like the class thing, getting to see more black people with more money for me personally. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah. oh, like, it was kind of like seeing like the Huxtables and mm-hmm. And stuff like that, like Fresh Prince and stuff, like in person. In person, <laughs> in person. And I understand that people actually lived like that. It wasn't just yeah. like a fictional thing that people were trying to tell and, you know, mm-hmm. be like, hey, this is a thing. It was like actually a thing. So, yeah. Now, Mia, um, are you um, an only child or do you have siblings? I have siblings. I'm the youngest of three. Uh, my brother is 15 years older than me, he's the an 80s baby. And then my sister, she is uh, four. I'll say about four years older than me. She was born in the early '90s, so I'm like mid late. So. Okay. So it was it was a dynamic. I was say a big dynamic, <laughs> a big dynamic. Are you guys close? We're close. You know, we just in y'all special way. In our special way, it's just we're complete. It's it's almost like uh, generational gaps, but we we get it along. Is. <laughs> we get it along. is. So there's some things I'm like, yeah, we agree on this. That's cool. But the other things I'm like, I'm definitely like mm-hmm. pushing millennial Gen Z. But I yes. say just because I live in an older household, I'm more of a millennial um, on that side. But yeah, it was, it was a dynamic. Yeah. I mean, for real. <laughs> for real, for real, for real, for mm-hmm. real. Wow. So I did read an article where um, it talked about your grandmother being very influential in your art. Tell me about that. Yes, so um, my grandmother, I love her very much. Uh, She uh, is one of my biggest, actually all my grandparents, and just Mm -hmm. the older people in my family, they were just a big influence in my life, especially in the early years. But my grandma and uh, my mom and dad and them, they really just really saw me picking up, you know, art and creativity as a thing that I really enjoyed. So my grandma at the time, she worked at Walmart, <laughs> and she saw a erase board on sale, and she picked it up for me, picked up some markers, um, and then they enjoyed um, encouraging learning. So they, she used to pick up, like, educational books, too, um, and she would just bring them home, and I used to play around with that. But every day I used to do drawings all the time, just mm-hmm. practicing, doing my stuff, and they'd be like, good job. But it was literally a, a dry erase board, and uh, my other on my other grandparents, my, on my mom's side, it was notebook paper and, and uh, carpenter pencil, the ones they used to cut. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I one remember. of those. Mm-hmm. So those those my materials until you know I got to school and you know start seeing people use Crayola and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So as I got older, I got deeper into art, and I actually try I changed like careers or professions or my direction are a lot of times a lot of times or at least yeah to this point okay yeah so um I started off as a you know I was doing drawing and painting painting and then uh high school um you know because art like I said Arlington had developed um the school at some point I think I was about to be a junior and they had introduced graphic design but at the time they called it graphic media graphic Um, media yeah so I you know (laughs) I was already so I (laughs) I had missed the opportunity to uh be in art class my freshman year so I missed art one and uh so I had to 
finesse my way to get into art too so I could just be on track so I wouldn't you know but um then they like reached out to me they're like hey um we see you're interested in this would you love to do computer stuff and at the time I hated computers you hated it I'm, I do it I. was like a part of our everyday lives around that time yeah. I mean compu- it was like Mm-mm. computer stuff no I was you know I mean this was like 2000 2009 2008 2009 so you know people use computers but it was like my space not like and, it is now yeah no no not at all you're so right. so you're right so it was like what where's like what's the reason so mm-hmm. um but I decided to take the class because I was like maybe I'll like it uh, I think they really got me because they were talking about, like, oh, we're going to learn how to make T-shirts. You know, kid, you want to do something. So um, it was really cool that I got into computers and really started playing around with stuff. And then my teacher, uh, Leanne Wilson, she uh, got me and some kids together and we picked up screen printing. So mm-hmm. I learned how to graphic design and then learn how to produce it. And so um, we had such a great time that me and a couple of friends uh, – developed the club and we started learning how to really like produce and do stuff like that okay so I took my graphic design skills and I was like okay I'm gonna be an art director because mm-hmm. I talked to my my teachers they obviously these are people I would not see every day um so I was like hey what do you do like what did you do before teaching they said oh I was a creative director art director mm-hmm. I've never heard of that before you know mm-hmm. so I was like what is that so after they told me that made me be like oh like can you show me examples of what you do and they show me their work and I was like I want to do that mm-hmm. how do I do that you know and it was just you know because you know people in your family like my family they didn't know anything about that so you know going to school for art and strictly for art and yeah. knowing art schools and stuff like that so they're like no there's actual art schools here and there's actually an art school in Memphis you know mm-hmm. so my teacher told us the one who told me about Memphis College of Art and she okay. said she's like hey I'm getting my MFA there so that's the school you should check out see if they give you some money so uh, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be a screen printer designer. And uh, I applied and it worked out. Um, it worked out. It worked out. Like uh, I did my portfolio. Mind you, my portfolio was straight paintings, like oil paintings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I did like a couple designs. They gave me uh, Memphis College of Art. Not only did they give me, it was about 80,000. 80 G. They gave me 80 Gs. And then also they gave me uh, nine credits free credits wow so i was like i'm going based on your portfolio based on my portfolio so that must have been a five portfolio i guess, Maya. So. I guess so. <laughs> i'm happy about it because um the one of the things about my portfolio is um our school I, i'm i'm very thankful i was able to go to a school i was uh, able to go to because i got to do things that i never th- and talking mm-hmm. to people now i'm like wow like i just didn't know because it was new to me too um and yeah, it was great to turn in my portfolio um, to a competition beforehand, um, and uh, it's called Scholastics. Mm-hmm. And so as a senior um, applying for Scholastics, I got, um, you know, they had different regions, whatever, but I got a gold key. Wow. And, um, and you know, that got to be presented at the time, I believe, at the Brooks Museum. Dang. And so it was a big thing, and my parents were like, oh, my yes. goodness. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm just doing, mm-hmm. you know, I just like what I do, so – it just worked out, and like I said, they gave me enough to be like, oh, like, this makes sense, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was comparing it to other colleges, but, uh, you know, in the cards, I just really wasn't able financially to go out of state anyway, mm-hmm. so, like, to go to a school to keep doing what I'm doing and not have to go to University of Memphis, that was cool for me. Cause, I know, right? <laughs> so, so, yeah, it worked out, and I'm, I don't know, it just, I'm it just happy. It definitely worked out, yeah, Maya. I'm happy. <laughs> because you went to Memphis College of Art, um, which is no longer open. How you feel about that? I'm sad. Um, I'm just sad about it because I, I still believe, even though the school and I feel like a lot of establishments have their own situations and uh, issues that were going on, but uh, the school, I think, really – 
like expose Memphis to a lot of talent that I don't think is present without it. Um, yeah. A lot of my friends, uh, good friends that I know now, um, I wouldn't have known them because we're on all different parts of Memphis anyway, you know, and, you know, people stay in their neighborhood. So you're just like, I wouldn't know you anyway. <laughs> and then, um, and then a lot of friends from out of town, a lot of my friends from, uh, who are doing fantastic here, by the way, they're not from Memphis. Like they came here yeah. because of school. And so I got to know them and some of them, I mean, I, I met them after they graduated. So it was just the fact that they went to the same school. Yeah. It was cool too. So it, I'm really sad that it left. Um, I'm incredible people. I'm talking about incredible people incredible history um, and so many art opportunities that I'm just so thankful that I got to be a part of and experience with other people. Great, great artists, great artists in the city. Um, But it is what it is. (laughs) So while you were there, um, what, what was the representation of people that look like you and me there? Um, it was given handful, but it was like it was given handful. <laughs> it was given what? handful, but it was like you know it, it's like a rich dessert. You know what I'm saying? It was like very few, but all of us, the people that I got to meet, mm-hmm. majority of them were talented. I'm talking mm-hmm. about it was just yeah, it was cr- like the creme de la creme. Yeah, it was. Cr- it was just like wow. And mm-hmm. going to art school was better than going to a regular school and just taking art classes because. Mm-hmm. Mind you, a lot of artists, when you grow up and go to grade school, they think, you know, you, you, you're considered the artist. You know, everybody's like, oh, you're the one that draws. So you, you grow up thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'm the one who can draw, you know what I'm saying? But then you go to a school, everybody and can everyone do the same thing. Everyone is talented. And so you're not special anymore. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I was, like, you know, like, Cedar or anything. But it's just like, oh, everybody can do this. And people are better than you. And it's just like, it might not be like the whole skill, but it'd be like that person's better at coloring than I am. This person's better at outlining better than I am. This person, they have a knack for 3D and I'm 2D. So it really made me appreciate just like what I really wanted to do, like my, my skill set and like, you know, the growth of it. But just really understanding that like artists, you know, really got yes. a lot of artists are in their bags, you know what I'm saying, with in their, their talents. And um, even though there's some people that, I still feel like they need the exposure and need the opportunities that they deserve. You know, it's just great that I got to learn from them. Yes. There's people who, I mean, probably people don't know. I learned from them. They're the ones, there's some, some people out here in these streets right now. They're the reason why I have certain things that I have today because I went to the school and we were all together being black. Ooh, I wasn't going to curse, but we being black. (laughs) Being black AF and just like, you know, being together and really like supporting each other, like yeah. um, beautiful people. You know yes, and, and you know I recently had Ben Kohler on the podcast, and yeah. he graduated That's from Memphis homie. College of Art. <laughs> and he, I remember he was talking about like his senior thesis. I don't think y'all call it that. <laughs> what was yours? Um, it was it was what was it called because you know it's been a minute now, but it was like a senior th- thesis. Um, I since I was in graphic design. I did rebranding. I want you know since we were in Midtown or whatever. And my thing was I, I let people know that I was into branding. Mm-hmm. So before I jumped out and did what I had to do in the nonprofit world, um, when I was in undergrad, I wanted to get into branding and advertisement. And the reason why I was so, um, just I was so passionate at the time. I still am, and I still kind of want to do it now. But mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about de- uh, design, especially black design. Okay. Um, because I, you know, I was really going for corporate and, you know, just like that polished look, you know, people want to go and not be just local. They want to go from local, regional, national to international. I was learning how to make people Mm -hmm. 
go get to that point. And um, I just see that, you know, that was my thing. Uh, so I picked one of the businesses around here and I just asked them, I said, hey, I mean, this is not for real. You don't have to give me anything, but I'm going to rebrand your store. Okay. And I did. So I did a, and I was into packaging too. So I know how to screen print, print stuff and fold it and okay. build it and like do whole mock-ups. Amazing. Yeah, whole mock-ups, 3D mock-ups and um, really bringing those brands to life. Like I, I could tell you about like, hey, from the moment you have that idea to the point where this, like these are all the steps you can do to build your brand i was literally learning that and and, uh it was just cool and it and um my school gave us the opportunity to work with uh engineers and Mm -hmm. these different you know get to see behind the scenes of different companies to see how things work so i really at the time i'm kind of rusty now but at the time i could see a color and be like that's that color we need to fold that and make this and this look exactly like within store Wow. So yeah, it was that's it was, a good skill set to learn. It was great. I mean, that's gonna get you to the bag. bag. It, I mean, because you understand how things work business wise. Um, I'll say design was a fantastic uh, direction. I think everybody should at least look into design, especially design thinking, because you start to understand how not only do brands work, but how do they connect with people on a daily basis and connect with humans? You know what I'm saying? Like actually understanding the way that we think the psychological side of things and business like aspect of things. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. intertwined, all intertwined. So it was a good thing. I'm glad I, I picked that up. And I'm yes. still, and it was great because I just, like I said, I didn't like computers. So it was just great because I went from not liking to computers to people telling me, Oh Maya, you like one of the best in the game in Memphis. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And, and is. You know, it was like, and what? And beyond. And it was crazy. Cause you know, at, the, <laughs> at that time, you know, I was like 23, 24. And I'm like, well, I was like, I'm like, you know, I just got to school. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but, um, you know, I really had to now even think about it. Like when I was in 22, like clearly 22, just graduated. I was working with like United Way. I was working with like the Civil Rights Museum. So that's immediately out of Memphis College of Art. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was working with the National Civil Rights Museum on the MLK 50th anniversary. Like mm-hmm. I did one of their booklets um, and was doing a whole bunch of advertisement with them. Mm-hmm. I was just, yeah, I had different clients. And that, yeah, because I, I started actually started working in school. I started doing freelance in school, so yes. <laughs> yeah, because you got to get the bag. Because the thing you is, get the bag. School, school was expensive, and you know, people laugh and be like, "Ha ha, I might have to hit the pole." You like, "Hey, I don't have that, so I don't, I don't have, I don't have the qualifications for that." So we had to do something else, and so, um, so I decided to start freelance, and I put, you know, my teachers encouraged us to have an online presence. I did. Um, my first client was a New York Times. A journalist and yeah. that was amazing I was like I would not expect this because yes. like I said my school introduced me to a website I never thought I was going to be on so mm-hmm. someone say hey I saw your work from here so I want to hit you up and then my second client um, I don't know if I can say her name but uh, my second client was the uh, songwriter and artist Kirby mm-hmm. um, who's a fantastic person but yeah those were my two main clients I, then I just kind of sporadically picked up people and it kind of just you and know, you did their branding I help I helped them with different things. So like editorial design, um, with with Kirby, it was more so um at the time covers. Like she'll come to me and be like, Hey, I need these covers now. I'm like, I got you, you know what I'm saying? Cause I love music. So it, it just kinda at that time I was really figuring out what I wanted to do. But yeah. by the time at the end of my school career I was into branding and 
in advertisement. Okay. That was in my bag. <laughs> but that has changed. If we fast forward to today, yes. <laughs> no longer doing the, the brand design per se, Mm-mm. but you are in a whole nother bag. Yes. As it relates to 2022. Yes. It's really interesting how from basically 2017 to now, my career just flipped. <laughs> how did it flip? It just flipped. Because, okay. So basically, I, during my time in the nonprofit world, you know, I was doing my branding design. I had gotten into uh, infographics. So I took this internship at International Paper. My friend told me about it. I was like, I'm not fit for that. But the great part of that is that I grew as a designer, but also I got into infographics. And, Infogra- Tell us what infographics, the definition so, of infographics. So, oh, I wish I knew the definition. <laughs> but infographics per se, um, let's say you have a whole bunch of information written out, let's say like paragraphs. As a designer, I would read throughout all of that, and then I would basically highlight the main points of all of that information. And for each point, I would create like a visual uh, graphic or something to represent it. So it might say talk about percentages. It might talk about, um, you know, the amounts of things. But it's more like a light, digestible, like Mm -hmm. visual, you know, component that you can use to, to attract your audience and talk to your audience. Um, so it was great going to making those and then my friends being like, you should draw your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was so against it. Why? I mean, I was arguing because, I, you know, um, uh, at the time design, de- design and designers had a very, uh, limited view of how we want to be seen. So we like, I don't do that. Like my purpose with my art is to, you know, to solve problems, you know, mm-hmm. like if a person's trying to make this X amount of money, like I'm trying to solve for that. I'm not trying to make things look cute. So mm-hmm. it was, gotcha. so I had to break that down, you know, and understand that everything didn't have to be on a grid and rigid and stuff like that because I, I, I was used to logos. That's the thing. I'm used to making like, obviously not great like Nike, but like, you know, I'm making like simple stuff. So going from that to being like, hey, yeah, you should draw people and they should be wiggly mm-hmm. and imperfect, <laughs> completely opposite. So I just had to, calm my brain down, not be so, not offensive, but being so defensive, like this is who I am and being and trying it out. Um, and basically I just honestly hit a big go button. Um, <laughs> and got in your new bag. Got in my new bag. So late 2018, I had a person, they reached out because I was posting stuff on Instagram. They reached out to me and they were like, Hey, um, we've been seeing your work. We love it. So, um, can you draw us? Mind you, I've never done anything. Like, like I didn't own an iPad. I didn't have a, a, a tablet to draw on to do it digitally none of that so i just asked my friend because i used to live with four people okay. <laughs> they used to live with four people in the art house um and i was living with two illustrators and i was like hey y'all i just uh picked up a commission that i've never done before mm-hmm. <laughs> and i got a week to figure this out can y'all I teach me help yeah and they they're like hey you can use my you know my tablet you know and hook it up to your computer this is how you do things and these are the stuff that you use and let me know if you have any issues. And I did it. I was mean, it easy to use? Like you going straight into it? Something uh, new? <laughs> it, it was like a little learning curve. It was easy enough. Cause it was, you know, because I had to lean back to the stuff I used to do. So I was like, okay, I can draw. So I did things by hand at the time. So I was drawing things out. And then my friend had to teach me how to scan stuff to and start doing it digitally. So I did it, though. And I made my little coins, um, you know, because I didn't know how to price anything. So it was it was really low. <laughs> Initially. It was real low. It was real low. I mean, I told y'all, y'all, I'm, I'm a, I can't even say that on air. But, but I did. I did. It was about 
10, 10 illustrations, 15 illustrations, mm-hmm. and I was so proud of them. And the way that people, when I gave them the um, portraits at the end, they, the, the face, the way they're like, like it was like their faces lit up. And I got to see, they're like, you captured my essence, like my essence, like this is who I am and this is me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that made me so happy because yeah. I was like, ooh, I thought I messed up, you know? And yeah. so and so from there, I kind of continued there. And yeah, it went from just me posting on Instagram to um, at some point getting to collaborations with people, um, being in gallery spaces because of my friends, wow. my peers. My peers were like, we see what you got going on. Let's, let's like get things going. So going to galleries, doing pop-ups and stuff like that, really networking. I was out probably every night, every other night, like yes. meeting people. and But like as people, though, you know, I'm not really trying to be like, hey, here's my business card. But it was like, hey, oh, you do art? I do art? Like, what's, what's your vision? What are you trying to do? Met a lot of people, and it was just a great time to build. I think people consider that time the black renaissance, like mm-hmm. the beginning of the black renaissance for black uh, creatives. And so I was around that time. I was young though. I was just fresh out of college and I was hanging yes. out. I was hanging out with uh, some late 20, 30 year olds and they were telling me about what was going on and put me on game. So I was really thankful that I was around the people I was around because they really influenced how I kind of handled my business right out of school. Uh, <laughs> That's like you saying you didn't know how to price um, on that particular project. I bet you know how to price now. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I'm actually really good. I'm actually really good at negotiating and really figuring out prices now. Yeah. And I just tell people it's literally by experience. I don't mm-hmm. want people to go through what I had to go through. You know, some people be so hateful and they be like, "I want this person to go through what I went really? through." Really? No, I just yeah, like what? What? No. So it's just like I don't want you to. I mean, I'm going to put it out there. I, I I don't want anybody to do 10 pieces and be like, oh, you know, 250. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, you wow. know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, yeah, don't do that. Please. Don't do that. Because, you know, people will start out and they'll be like, well, I'm going to do a portrait for uh, $50, you know? And then you got to start asking questions like, why is that $50? You know? yeah. And people just think like, oh, well, I don't know if this person's going to like it, so I'm going to do it so low. No, no, no. Mm. You know, you can't do that to yourself. So yeah. it's really, and I tell people all the time, if you have a, a skill or you have a specialty, figure out a way to package it, make it, making it to where you can make it flexible. So if someone asks you for a portrait, instead of thinking they want just your face, whatever, ask them if they want like their face all the way down to their waist, then it can cost more. Or do they want a full body that can cost more, you know, just start yeah. asking questions, really start digging into your bag. So, um, it took some years though. And, yeah. and I, I got messed you, up. You've been baptized by the fire, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, that's a good thing. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> definitely a good thing. I learned a lot about contracts. Um, mm. that was my big thing. And I, and by the time when I started really picking that up, I was telling everybody about contracts because I've been through it. Yeah. I've been, you know, you do the thing where you're doing business with friends or people, you know, y'all shake mm. hands, you know, mm. we good. We friends. <laughs> no longer. Mm-mm. Do not. <laughs> I don't care if, if, if someone, yeah, it's just cause, because yeah. things change, people feel differently. Yeah. So business you just, is business. You need you need it in writing. I say all the time, yeah. you need it in writing, and you need to be just very, um, just very direct about yeah. like what the expectations are from whoever. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just it was just a wild ride just to really learn. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Now, um, you know, we talked about um, the community, um, how the art community looks uh, back then. Even now, what does the Memphis art community look like? The art community right now is um, way different from I'll say a couple of years ago. Definitely, um, I'll say it's young. 
it's mm-hmm. it's it's animated it's like very energetic mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people out here with a lot of good ideas fantastic ideas um mm-hmm. and just the connections um and people are very innovative yeah I'll, I'll say at a certain time um my like people don't know that like before I jumped into doing freelance and really jumping into the creative art scene I was in you know I was in job like positions and working with people that um you know, I was dealing with people like board members and VPs and stuff like that. So my brain come from, you know, from de- my design experience. I was working with people yeah. who top tier and, you these, oh, and these people, you know, and, yes. and understanding how their brain works and how they were like hiring artists mm-hmm. and what they were doing. So I just was in those rooms and I really picked up. So by the time I got into the freelance situation, I really understood what people were looking for. Yes. And so while working with other artists, I would we would just collaborate on ideas, but then on my part, I would try to educate them. Be like, hey, well, you know, at my old job, this is how they would, this is how much this what their budget would be. So like, let's figure out how to do your stuff. So if you work with someone like this, how you get more money off? Mm-hmm. So it was really going back and forth and really understanding the needs on everyone's side and just navigating that. But it was an interesting time just to sure. be around and. Um, just understanding game and giving game to people. Yeah. It was just really cool. Um, and that's amazing that, you know, you're willing to give the game. Everybody, some people hold on to their game. It, you don't have to hold on to game. The thing is, is like if you, number one, usually if you figure out what your thing is, like your niche per se or what makes you do what you do so great, you don't have to worry about that. Because yeah. if you're doing the thing that you that you got and it's original and it's you, you already have your own lane. So whatever that person's doing, it's not even going to affect you because sure. that's their thing and they develop the way they do and people reach out to them because of whatever they got going on. It should not, you should build your brand and whatever product you're doing, whatever you're doing, it needs to be built in a way that is sustainable regardless Definitely. who's in the room. Yeah. And, and I'm sure the, the artists here in Memphis appreciate, you know, your guidance. Yeah, I you know I'm like I I'm I never sugarcoat. I never tell people. Um, I never felt like oh I need to withhold information because what what good is that gonna do me? You know, yeah. because to me at the end of the day, um, this is just me personally. I just I personally would not feel great to be like holding on to all the success whatnot and then walking around. You know, I could at a certain point I could have you know been you know had uh, luxury brands and stuff like that, you know, as an artist. But my brand was like, well, my friend over here, people I know directly, mm-hmm. they're struggling to get rent. And yeah. these people are struggling to get a space to do their art. And, you know, my friends now, they, you know, they got kids now and families now. And they're having, I need to help them mm-hmm. figure out what they need so they can be good like me. We need to still work together. And so a lot of the times I would just, anytime something would happen to me, I'll let folks know in my circle hey this is just what happened to me you know um you know this is how I handled it this is what I do and just give pointers because I'm just telling people from experience from my I was like I don't know if this is gonna help you but yeah. this is what happened to me and I actually would reach out uh once my career started climbing to a certain extent I used to reach out to people who were actually doing well in the industry and just ask them questions and whatever they told me I would tell my would folks. they be receptive the yeah. people in the industry yeah, uh, well, you know, I, sometimes I got hit with the talk to my, you know, manager and, you know, that never went anywhere. But there were certain mm-hmm. people who um, I met in person because uh, it was great because uh, during school and then I was able to hustle enough money 
to get into some conferences because um, here in Memphis, there's uh, one conference that actually got designers and illustrators out here. So I was like, oh, let me peep that. It wasn't it, like none of it was my element. Like I was one of the very few people that looked like me. Um, so um, but that allowed me to, you know, reach out and be like, hey, like, number one, you're in Memphis. You're not from I was like, we're here. You know, I'm yeah. here, you know, so let me talk to you. And I would talk to these people. They just give me pointers. And these people are like art directors, CEOs, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, presidents and stuff like that, giving me advice. And these people I'm just talking, having drinks with, you know, okay. casually. And it's crazy. It's just like, oh, <laughs> let me go, you know, let me pick up stuff, learn some, and then we'll tell my friends about it. And then um, it was some points where, you know, freelance wise, where I had extra money. And so I would actually like, be like, hey, y'all want to go to this event? And I used to like help my friends get into certain spaces because yes. I, that's what we do, you know. So um, it was just a wonderful time just to grow and really figure out like how, <laughs> yes. you know, how not only for me to grow as an artist, but to help certain people around me like figure out and direct navigate, I guess, where they want to go with their career and help them improve with their yeah. like professionalism and stuff because I had to be in some spaces. I'm I'm baby, you have been in some spaces. I'm happy that <laughs> I'm happy that I went through them so other people don't have to because I mean, I I've, I've been in situations where uh I mean, I don't know, I'm supposed to say this, but I've been in situations where I had people tell me that they're glad that I turned out the way that I am because I went to public schooling. Really? I had, I had people tell me that I was well spoken and you know just had, black. yeah you know just had to deal with certain stuff so I learned I, you know I you know I played wow. the, I you know I, I did the, what I had to do and mm-hmm. and then I got out because I think in those spaces you definitely start to realize certain things and mm-hmm. I guess certain people start to realize you want <laughs> certain things about you and I had to understand that what I wanted out of my career and out of my life just had to take a you know, the shift. So around, Definitely. so around 2020, um, literally, uh, literally I decided to go full-time freelance. And then that week, that's when COVID was announced in oh, Shelby wow. County. Right. Right. <laughs> after you made that decision. Yeah. Like the day after. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, um, that was a whole thing because I gave up, you know, I was 24, about to be 25 at the time. I gave up, a, I mean, at that point I was 24 and, I'll be transparent. I, I I worked my butt off and I was making a job. I was at a job and I was making 50 K a year mm-hmm. at that time. And so I left, I saved up my money. Cause I knew, I knew at some point it was getting to, I mean, it wasn't like crazy now, but it got mm-hmm. to a point where I was like, okay, maybe I should consider doing full time. So I saved up a little bit and it was going like, honestly, it was, was giving two months, <laughs> giving two months, maybe three, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, so yeah, when, it worked out. And so I, I had jump ship and that's when COVID happened. So I was miserable. I was like, I can't mm. believe I just gave up everything, you know, and now the world just shut down. So oh, I was like, I'm about to be, I mean, I want to say homeless now, but it was, it was about to, it was about to be crucial because it was just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. My money's going to dry mm. up and, at the time, uh, you know, just because I had stopped doing so much freelance to focus on my full-time work that I only had, like, six clients. I only had six clients, and my clients didn't need me all the time. So yeah. I had to figure something out. So I started double-teaming design and illustration. So okay. that's how that helped out. That's how it started picking up. Um, so I got I got done with my job, and then I just started posting more. And uh, around June or July of 2020, a New York company a um education 
company they do children's books for um educational books for kids to help them read and learn how to write and stuff like that they reached out to me and they said hey we want you to become an illustrator and create books new client right and i was like <laughs> oh and they're from new york and they yeah. were like hey we'll pay you this amount they were going to pay me bi-weekly and it was new york money i was in memphis i was like is this remote like do i have to move like i was asking questions like oh no you can stay where you are this is what you're going to do and they were so nice. They gave me equipment. So mm. I got equipment I never had before. So I was, so it was just, a, again, a learning curve, getting pushed into your bag. So it all worked out. It was, yeah, it's really interesting. So, um, and I did that for a year. And then from there, uh, I just started picking up work. So I was working for, uh, Brian illustrating these books. Mind you, I, I could only, I only could draw one person at the time. Like mm. it would take eight, eight hours to draw a person. So. People were like, we want you to draw a book. I'm talking about what background. With a lot of people. Well, a lot of people. And I'm like <laughs> sweating. I was like, I, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And um, but see, you had more time because you you had left that job go. It was time to get in your bag, plus, your new bag. Plus it was 2020, so we had, so it was we like, had nothing like but time. you know, had nothing but time. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I told him, I said, hey, this is my skill level. Um, if y'all are willing to work with me, like okay. I'll you were learn. fully transparent with them. Yeah, I was like, if you're willing to work with me like I can do this you know I can do this I believe I could do this but it's gonna take me some time and they say yeah no we believe in you and so it really this entire time has been people seeing seeing what I can do and me talking to them and them believing in me mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful so um during that time yeah I started working with them that was fantastic um I got a friend or so on um and we started working together so mm-hmm. we so the second half of 2020 was surprisingly okay because New York Held me down. Came through. Held me down. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then it was crazy because around October or so, um, it was after what happened. No, me and my me and my friend, uh, my friend reached out. I did a uh, like an illustration, and then we did a collaboration on it. And I posted it, and it went viral. Mm. It was crazy, and I was not expecting it. And so that happened. And then um, this other company reached out and was like, "Hey, we saw." Your design for this, um, because I did uh, I did a shirt that said "Let Me Run" because at the time I was getting back into you know I have a, I have some conditions going on so I was getting back into exercising because it was a pandemic and I was running every day. Some things happen and um, a person who looked very similar to us, you know, got you know killed for just being in the neighborhood and I felt passionate yeah. did that and people it picked up but I didn't I didn't want people to think like you know I was trying to monetize from that person it was just like I felt so passionate because it was like why are we not allowed to do anything you know you know just simply because being black you know it was crazy so yeah. so I started doing more <laughs> vocal uh, art and it started getting viral and so around October ish that's when my first big client just came out of nowhere and i mean i walked around the house for 20 minutes and i was like do you i was like is this is this is this spam bro like is this a scam and my 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 roommate was reading at the time like nah bro that's that's, that's real. real that's real and so my first client big client was tabasco and wow. um was it viacom mm-hmm. i think yeah they had reached viacom. Big media. Yeah, they had reached out to me. They were like, hey, we want you to do uh, illustrations of these black uh, culinary, uh, you know, stars. And I was like, that's crazy, you know. So mm-hmm. I did that, and uh, it just kind of went on from there. Wow, that is just <laughs> phenomenal just yeah. listening to how your story unfolded. Really, once you took the leap to once believe you- in yourself 
and you having the audacity and the nerve to put your stuff out there on social media. And look how it went viral. It went viral. Because I told about people, people like, how did you do it? How do you? I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, even like I said, like I have branding and advertising experience. The way that my career went off really did not go. <laughs> it's yeah. not the way, you know. So, mm-hmm. so basically the time when things started picking up, I actually at that time was about to rebrand myself. So I took off my website. I took mm. off all this stuff. I like literally, I, I just scrapped everything. So then my career started running. It started running. And I didn't have anything. So yeah, so like it was just crazy wow. just to see like Instagram being such a powerful tool and mm-hmm. being that thing that really connects people to your art. And I tell people all the time, please like don't underestimate how social media can improve your yes. work and your presence. And don't be scared to show yourself because people just like, knowing what you're doing and and um so after those those few months you know i got with tabasco viacom google hit me up and then i did the um book with uh little people big dreams the michelle obama book my like i said i never did books before so that was my first that was my the the other two books were played this was my actual like real book like a Real real deal yeah like this person like this company was from the from the uk mm. and he had reached out i was like uk i'm from memphis how did you find me you know how did you find and a person like oh we we saw your instagram and you know so now i had to start talking to people in different time zones and yeah you know my brain into another level yeah yeah it was just it was just interesting because you know I, you know i only know people i was like i only know people from uh, another time like one time zone <laughs> maybe my friend behind me you know or you might talk to somebody and they might be like a time zone before you yeah. or after but talking to someone who's like six hours Ahead. that was a whole different thing so um i just started doing that i did the best i could and they <laughs> and loved it, it and they loved it and they loved everything i did because at the time i was like oh I, you know it was i always had to challenge that self-doubt and being like is this good enough it's good enough people are like no that's great no that's good just keep going just keep doing what you got, like want to do and that's another thing as your career keeps going it's crazy to see the money getting bigger and then more people being like no nah, we, we're not gonna tell you that like, you get to do what you want to do isn't that crazy? It was like you outstanding. have full autonomy <laughs> to do your thing. To do your thing. I mean, they'll give you the guidelines. Hey, this is what we're looking for, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you know, at the time when I used to have like a fifty dollar client, they'll call you every with five a million minutes. demands. Yeah, with a whole bunch of emails, being like, "I need Isn't this, 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 this." And two, literally, I mean, someone might check in after like six weeks and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" Oh, that's great. And you just like, oh, wow. and you just get paid the amount and um. That's when I was like, ooh, this is kind of getting kind of crazy. I need, like, you know, somebody to start looking at my contracts and stuff. Because, mind you, I'm reading my contracts myself. Yeah. You know? So, I, you know, when I did the Google stuff, that was all me. You know, just reading. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the time, two, three days, trying to read the contract, understand it, and trying to make sure you're highlighting things. <laughs> yeah. Because I never done it before. I, I didn't want to get messed up. You know what I'm saying? Getting right. a predicament where, like, I'm, I don't have ownership of my art or, like, stuff like that. So, um that was a big learning curve so it was wonderful around uh february of 2021 uh agency uh anna goodson uh illustration agency they had uh reached out to me they're from quebec they're from canada they're from canada i was like how did you get how did you find me so they had reached out to me they had dm'd me on instagram they're like hey we love your work you should join us you know mm-hmm. and i was like oh like number one I'm like, are you real like you know again are you right. real let like me google. This- let me google anna goose yeah googling and trying to figure out if this is not a scam and no they yeah. were legit and so like yeah let us know like you know we do this and i interviewed with them and mm-hmm. 
I mean, it worked out. And so um, after I signed with them, it was crazy because both of us, people, pe- people all ask me all the time, like, did your agency help you get, you know, I was like, yeah, they did. But at the same time, I had yeah. already established my career to a certain point where I was starting to already pick up right. certain clients. So at that time when I had met my agents, um, it was just wonderful because now both of us was pulling clients. And so that's when things started mm-hmm. to really pick up. Do you think that was the most appealing thing about the Anna Goodson agency was the way that you both could get the clients in or what was the big factor? The big factor, I just needed someone to handle legal stuff yeah. and, and like I the thing is I, I like reading my contracts. I'll actually read my contracts. I, I actually spent time reading the IRS page and understanding like how mm-hmm. freelance works. So it was great to have someone with a little bit more experience to check things and actually be able to talk to you about and then also with them pricing. I mean, at, at the time I used to have four books about pricing and I used to guess mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have this person like, Oh no, like this is how much this goes for. Like, you know, I've been doing this for 25 they know years. The industry standard. Yeah. They've been, yeah, they've been doing stuff for almost 30 years. So they okay. were just like, Hey, this is the general, like this is how much this costs. This is how much this goes for, you know what I'm saying? And, um, that was cool because they got me connected with other illustrators. So I'm like fact check, you know, I'm just fact checking yes. and really understanding how the industry works. But Working with them, the plus side was just legal stuff, having someone really advocating, being like, okay, yeah. like we see that you're doing this, maybe you need to try this, or maybe you should um, think about doing this for your social media. You know, just like. So they're pushing you as well. Yeah, because, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't like doing vocal stuff like this. Yeah. And, you know, but they're like, hey, no, yeah. like, you know, you should really get yourself out there and let people like get to know you as a person beyond just your art so I was like okay cool you know and so that's been really nice and um just like um taking opportunities to like try different things so Mm -hmm. I'll ask them all the time um you know like children's books I was like hey is it cool if I do something else yeah like what are you interested in I'm interested in doing this so we'll get together I'm like these are the type I used to tell them like these are the type of clients that I want to work for like I used to pull brands and let them know, like, this is, you know, I used to do this. This is what I want to do. I want to do something adjacent. So it was cool, like, I mean, this was before the agency, but, like, I told them about, um, I, I did a collaboration with this brand called Allbird, and I had, I had a, a whole custom shoe that was a sustainable okay. shoe and um, and a apparel. So I was like, hey, like, I did this, but, like, I had the opportunity to, like, create a shoe in a in a, in a athletic collection, and I really want to do stuff like this, like, more product stuff, more marketing branding stuff you're like okay bet so you're kind of dipping back into your your yes. original yeah so i'm de- meshing everything together meshing it together because I, I was missing it because it's just the illustration industry i don't know i just like it for some reason because you don't have to really to me personal in my journey i don't have to really deal with the production part more so right. like i used to so but I, I want people to know that i'm able to do it because you know it just i would say not less common but it's not as common for an illustrator to have some design background mm-hmm. situation. So when you're able to say, Hey, I did branding and stuff and I, I know how these files work. Mm-hmm. Then people are like, Oh, Oh, if you can do that, then let's start doing cool stuff. Like people, mm-hmm. it actually opens a whole brand new thing because people are like, okay, if you understand these files, let's try this. Let's try a pop-up book with like flaps and stuff because yes. you understand how it works. Um, so it Kanye, really you out. out here working these Kanye <laughs> deals out and stuff. Doing better deals than yay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> nah. She said we ain't going to go there. We are not going to go there. <laughs> but you know what I love as well that um, you're still um, keeping the social issues 
in in the front lines with your work too. Why is that so important to you? To me, people matter. Like like mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think, um, and the more I'm exposed to different things now, I just understand that a lot of people live different lives. People show up differently. People have different backgrounds. It's, I'm talking about so many little things. So there's so much variety yeah. that um, I think storytelling really just um, became a focus. Especially because, you know, Memphis, too. You know, I just feel like uh, people always have an idea or make assumptions about, like, a certain group of people or a certain person. But the thing is, it's like you actually don't know that person until you actually get to know them, you know. And you actually don't know the reason why they look a certain way or why they listen to a certain type of thing or talk to certain people. You don't know anything about people. I don't know. And so um, I just really wanted to focus on representation and really sharing, like, real authentic narratives about people Mm -hmm. like you might hear someone talk a certain way like (sighs) it made me so sad i met someone i met someone the other month and it was it it made me sad because they thought because they sounded a certain way that they were too hood to reach a certain point and i was like nah like Mm -hmm. i don't want i'm like you can sound like that and be the most educated person in that room and you be able to talk about it way better than a lot of people that you might think speak proper and True. know some quote unquote like nah I, you know and I, you just really breaking down these barriers you know mm-hmm. and that's my importance I care about people I want people to understand what's going on I want people to just be more understanding mm-hmm. of people and just being fair if that makes sense um, it makes a lot of sense give, get, just, get, just get rid of the whole I know everything Yes, you don't know everything I don't know everything you know I'm yeah. still learning so um, I just use my art as a learning opportunity. Um, like uh, I'll say recently with my work, I started to do a different process because I just met someone recently who's colorblind mm-hmm. and they told me how they see work. And I said, hey, can you like show me how you see things usually? And they kind of like change things from color to black and white. And that made me wonder if my colors showed up differently enough for them and so I was like hey how does this turn out to you and we just kind of had like a brief conversation so I was like hey let me do this differently so you can enjoy my images just like how the people who can see color because people say like my like my my work is vibrant and I was like well to this person who's colorblind they won't be able to see that so how can I make this vibrant in a different way for this person Mm. or how can these people experience my work and they're you know and they have their own way of you know experiencing this in a way so I'm wow, just trying. That's I'm, interesting. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> you are definitely figuring it out, Maya. Say yes. Repeat after me. Okay. Amen. Say mine. Amen. Say mine. Come on, with come on. <laughs> yes. As a black woman, I know that you have gone through some things in this art world, right? <sighs> yeah. No, it's been it's been interesting. It's been interesting. It's been so interesting. this is a moment of transparency between you and I. Mm-hmm. Tell me about one of those experiences where, you know, and you kind of mentioned it talking through your journey about being a black woman, uh, someone that looks like you Mm. getting this type of work. Your most interesting, I guess, experience with a collaborator. You don't have to mention a collaborator, but just making them see you for who you are. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me think about this. Um, I would say, first off, it's it's been interesting because uh, just me as an individual, I've transitioned my, like me, myself, yeah. like I have uh, gone through some reformation. So for example, I've turned out, you know, I came out as like non-binary and like, mm-hmm. 
you know, I've done certain things where I've been playing around with like my pronouns. We'll get into that later. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, I've talked to clients before I'll say high level, you know, just had to really have people kind of understand where I'm coming from as like a, as a black queer artist too. And like really having people understand like, Hey, these are the things that I really care about. Like you can't dismiss these topics or we can't dismiss like who we're doing this for. Um, I had a situation, I was doing a collaboration recently and, um, it was interesting because I, (laughs) I'm trying to see how much I'm supposed to be giving. Uh, (laughs) Give, give. So I was working on this collaboration and it was dealing with, um, health stuff. And, um, I was working with a client who, you know, I deeply respect and I was really trying to make sure that I understood what their idea of this collaboration was going to be mm-hmm. because, um, they were working with, you know, we're, we were like a three, four person team, you know what I'm saying? So me as an individual working with three other entities, you know, trying to make things work, um, Sometimes you just have to understand that some people are just very busy. <laughs> okay. Busy. And and you have to also understand that people, I guess, uh, see who you are. As, you know, they see me and they just think, I don't know if I don't have a lot to offer or whatnot. But I basically just um, took up. I was like, okay, so obviously this is taking up too much time and we don't have a concept or whatever. So I just decided to take the lead on things i was like how about this how about if we did this situation i just really started kind of directing taking out yeah. directing and um i would I, i'm trying to keep it very minimum but because this, i mean i ain't trying to get drunk now but pretty much i like decided to take the lead and started to join more meetings and conversations for the um project to get completed and for it to be tied together because um it just had to be done for right. it to be successful. Somebody had to take the lead. It had to be successful, you know, and and, and it was just made, it was such a great experience because I got I finally was able to believe in myself. I was like, I have great ideas. I have people who are going to listen to me because they know that I have something to offer and they know I have a talent and they know that I have specialties in this. So it was just wonderful just to be able to use those skill sets to basically pull this big campaign together and then have it launched and it'd be so successful and to have um, such big brands to be like, Hey, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like without you, like this would have not worked. And you just like, did I just kind of save the day? You I don't saved know. the day. <laughs> I don't know. But you I'm put thinking, your cape on on that I, project. I really did, though. And it, was, and it was just because I cared. It was more so because the project that was going on that we were doing was so important. Mm-hmm. This was not just some simple project. It's like, hey, we're trying to talk about different things that a lot of black people or just people of color minorities marginalized groups don't talk about um we need to talk about like the fact how like mental health and how health affects you and how you you can show up for yourself in small ways and how um you know you just make sure you care when you do stuff a lot of people when they see commercial work they think that like oh this is commercial these people are big Big dogs not really, you know, mm-hmm. worried about what we think. They're just trying to sell us money. And no, actually, no, it's like we we have meetings with 10 plus people and people are, you know, arguing. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, like language and, and, and understanding like this can represent this thing and how things really truly can affect people, you know, on different levels, different whatever. So it was like really understanding how I show up in these industries slash commercial spaces and bringing in the care 
the actual in- attention that should be given to a project or to like certain products so it can be successful and be meaningful at the same time because yeah. i care about this stuff i i don't i don't sell foolishness i don't right. sell, i don't do stuff without substance this is not what i that's not nah. so now, had you not you know <laughs> taken the lead in that particular project what would have come of the project and you really cared about this this I, mental health I driven cared, I cared about it and it's just if it would have been done but I I think it would have taken a different direction and yeah. it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't have it wouldn't have had as much substance as mm-hmm. I would have liked cuz my thing is I don't want to I usually don't co-sign anything or say like I don't you know if I'm telling you like if it doesn't have any meaning if it doesn't do anything for anybody because that's just the designer in me if it has no purpose and it doesn't really truly affect people in a positive way and actually like helps them feel better because the thing is I'm like am I, I want to help you feel better short term long term like you know when you put it go out throughout your day I wanted to be a like you don't have to know it's me but I want to know that you have something that I did that makes you have a better day, a smooth day. Yes. And we, we need more of that. Hey, man. <laughs> you know? Hey, man. For real. <laughs> wow. That is amazing, Maya. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what has been your favorite collab? Because you've uh, had a lot of them. We talking about Google, Target, YouTube, Crocs. Skittles. Skittles. Uh, I worked with Meta. Uh, Meta. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a lot. Uh, it's people, been a nice ride. Some people have been probably mad. I don't even mention. <laughs> I, 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 I was trying to remember. Uh, but but um, I'll say my favorite one uh, would have <laughs> it would have to be the Target situation that's happening right now and the Skittles uh, campaign that happened earlier this year because those more so. Like, I'm sharing more of myself with people. So um, during my Skittles campaign, it was fun because uh, I had told people, you know, my stance on things, but really to, like, <laughs> to come out yeah. on a national campaign, that's kind of yeah. crazy. I ain't going to lie to you. So it was just yes. really, so it was really funny to share with people, like, hey, this is who I am as a person. I'm proud of who I am. This is my story. Um, these are the people I love, the people that I respect so much, the people who help me thrive in my daily you know day-to-day basis and who inspire me to be a better person yes. like this is what we about you know what i'm saying okay. and, and then having other artists be the same way and I, I got to meet other artists so it was really cool sharing myself and getting to see how that really inspired people for to be like you know what yeah i've been you know that's me you know what i'm saying so if you did it i can do it Definitely. i want people i want people every time they see me i want them to know that they can do it too and, yes. and they don't have to be like some cookie cutter person they don't have to be looking like someone off of instagram and a lot and, of people think that and you have doing these little tiktok dances trying to yeah bend, go viral breaking ankles and stuff trying to do stuff <laughs> <laughs> these 16 17 year olds doing you don't have to do all that the new challenge yeah you don't have to do all these new challenges like you really can be yourself be interested in certain things love like love what you love and just tell people about it be who you are and just tell people about it and people just enjoy it you know yes. the thing is yes you need to you know figure out you know things that you like and stuff like that yes make sure you're being culturally correct politically correct you don't know, in in its own way just figure out what's not too crazy i don't say like make yourself palatable like i'm not for being palatable. Like, I don't know. You know. Like that's not my thing. But it's just like um, really just owning who you are as a person sure. and understanding that you are allowed to grow. You're allowed to 
um, be in front of other people and let people know like, hey, I am growing. You are coming with me as I become a different person. Lego. For not only for myself, for my loved ones, and for y'all. Like y'all seen this firsthand. And um and that's just been a thing. And then with Target with Target, um, it was great because they reached out last year. So I had to keep this a secret for basically a whole year. Really? And it was crazy because they the only thing they asked, they 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 had no requirements. All they said it had to be holiday related. And they would love for us to share something that was important to us. So I kind of took a loose, I took loose inspiration um, to number one, to get back, you know, and, you know, talking with my family because, you know, COVID kind of got people, you know, to themselves and stuff. So I used to be like, Hey mom, can you pull out some like Christmas pictures and holiday mm-hmm. pictures? And, you know, and I, I used those things to loosely inspire like what my collection was, but it was cool being like, Hey, this bag where you see this older person with these two children cooking, or whatever, that's actually inspired by my grandma, the one who inspired me to draw. Amazing. And she actually, and she was a baker and she used to actually uh, bake for, um, I think it was for Booker, Booker T. Washington. I'm sure back in the day, wow. back in like the sixties or like one of those, you know? So I was like, she's the one who did this. So I want to do that for her. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, my grandma now she has dementia. So, um, so, you know, but I'm like, Hey, I just want, you know, to show my gratitude, for certain things, and yeah, it's I just, took a look at the collection for Target. It's really nice. It's, it's amazing. It was fun. It was real fun. It looked like you had some fun with this. Yeah, because it was. It really was inspired by people I love, you know. And I wanted to tell the stories of other people, but I really took this. I, I saw that everyone else did like really, but I was like, no. I was like, I, I for some reason I really wanted to take that and be like, hey, I want to showcase Black families. Mm-hmm. And black individuals, black children, whatever, doing their thing during the holidays. Because, um, you know, a lot of times when it comes to holidays, you know, people joke around, whatever. They'd be like, well, you know, it's the holidays. You know, people stealing and doing stuff in the holidays. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we understand, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I was like, there is joy, you know, during a these holidays. And there's a lot of black joy, you know. Yes. So let's talk about it. Like, what are some things that folks do during the holidays? I know I wasn't able to show everything, yeah. but the things I wanted to show you know, deeply, you know, connected with me. I really want to be like, hey, these are some things that, like, we do as folks. You know? yeah. so. How cool is it to have your products in a store that you probably frequented, I'm sure, a yeah. lot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's funny because, like, if I, t- I, like, I just started going to Target around college time for real mm-hmm. you know so college being able number one being able to go to target that's okay. a school in itself you know what i'm saying but once you go you hooked <laughs> you hooked you know what i'm saying so being able to go to target frequently that was a cool thing in itself and then to start really seeing my work yeah because my as a, as a graphic designer i never really got to see my end products at all it just right. kind of you just used to see it and be gone so now as an illustrator i get to like actually see my work and it was crazy because like the skittles were just in the aisle and you know, me trying to be cool. And I'm seeing people pick it up, be like, I like this. And I'm like looking at them and trying not to be like, that's me. Yeah, I, I, ain't, try, I ain't trying to be that person. But I'm like, <laughs> and people see me, you know, I'm looking at the bag being weird and, you know, target workers and workers just looking at me like, what the, like, what's wrong with this person? Oh, wow. <laughs> and, I know they got to feel good. And then, like, understanding now um, with not only doing projects, but um, when people, I love when Right now, people are like, hey, Maya, I see your face. Like, I see you. And I, like, want people to know now that, like, you can get paid. If you do stuff like that, you can get paid twice because you're getting paid not only to do the actual artwork, but you get paid for your likeness. And you're like, mm. wow, people are just paying me to just be me. Mm-hmm. And that's, 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 
get the, paid twice, get that back in. And it's just, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because it's just like, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I thought, you know, I thought it was just together and it's a thing, but um, just being in the room and asking questions, yeah. people explain things like, oh no, like this is how you get paid. And then this is a whole, a whole entire other thing. So yes, you get paid for who you are. These, this is what we like about you. So yeah, if you want to speak about that, you can. But if you want to speak about anything, you can because we like you. But, you know, they'll, they'll check so you don't say anything too crazy, which I wouldn't do anyway. Like, I'm not because, you know, my, my family's pretty private. Like, they probably get mad because <laughs> some stuff like this. You know, me telling a little bit of their business anyway. But, like, you know, I don't say anything too crazy. But, like, it's just awesome that I get to share with people. I'm really want to talk to, like, my folks in Memphis. But I'm like, I'm talking to everybody, you know, because I had – I had someone recently from Brazil being like, I love your stuff. Brazil? They are following your journey. I'm like, Brazil? Brazil. Like, Japan? Like, what? And it's just, it's just, um, I can't believe I'm telling you, I believe. Don't it feel good inside? It's incredible. Okay. It feels good inside. At first, it was like anxiety. (laughs) I I can understand that, too. It was anxiety. I can understand the anxiety piece. Because it's just like, wow, like, I, I, you know, because, again, like, you have this idea of what you want in life, but then when it exceeds that, you're like, abundantly. Yeah, you just like, think big. <laughs> think big, ah, like, 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 you know, what I'm saying? yeah, like for real, because it's just like you gotta start thinking big, and you're like, how much he? Everybody can relate to that, yeah, because it's like, oh, you're like, oh, oh, you want me to add some helium to this whole thought process yeah. I had? So it's like you, you having to get beyond yourself. So that takes a lot of work. So um, I tell people all the time when stuff like this happen, once you start making money and like you start seeing like money increase or dramatic things happen in your life get therapy that's what i did immediately when when i when i got first start when i picked up my first few jobs i immediately got therapy i was like yo mm-hmm. i can't i know i won't be able to <laughs> handle this so my my therapist and you know my loved ones you know you know I, I wouldn't say i was getting you know but it was like oh imposter syndrome you know yes. and be like i don't know if i'm the right person you know like mm-hmm. i don't know and it's like no you are the person like mm-hmm. they're they're coming for you for you for real. you have to remember that you know and really owning that and you have to really mentally have to get yourself in that momentum like this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. people love what I do I'm doing this because of these reasons these are good reasons positive reasons reasons that are not selfish that's the thing I don't want to be so <laughs> yeah. um and just be a good person and I ask people all the time in the industry, what, what what's the best thing that people can learn or do as they keep growing um, in their profession and just whoever, you know, what their goals are. And they're like, just be a, a cool, good person. Yeah. It sounds so simple. And it's not. I yeah. found out it's not, especially <laughs> it's not for some people. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, therapy helped me with that. Therapy, therapy. helped me deal with dynamics, you know, when people, um, you know, when you're, like, going through stuff and you're growing, whatever, some people, they're at where they're at in their journey. And, so, you know, things things change, you know. Yeah. And having to mentally get help for that, you know, like, there's some things that you never thought would happen. And it did. So you're just like, wow, I never thought that. So you just have to be mentally prepared. I say it's a mental game. Yeah. It really is. It like, really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And and I'm so glad that you're out here sharing your journey with the good people. No problem. Um, I know a lot of people are, are getting to know Maya more right now. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your shirt because I oh, want to yeah. know 
Yeah. How, what was the inspiration with this shirt you got on today? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't make this shirt, but I'm a real <coughs> big fan of music and just in general, like hip hop, rap. And also, I'm a big graffiti person. So mm -hmm. um, there was an artist previously who had passed within the last year or so, um, MF Doom. Mm -hmm. um, MF Doom, mind you, like growing, like I told you, I grew up and I realized I'm very creative. I'm a little different. You know, I have my interests and certain things that people, you know, in the black community, mm -hmm. when I was growing up, you would have been laughed at. People, I high, like, started yeah. checking you, roasting you. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, so being on the internet and, you know, finding your people or finding, you know, creatives, other creatives that really inspire you. MF Doom, he obviously didn't know me, but, like, he was a dude I found on the internet, and he was making some crazy beats, and he... Representing, he made he made a name for himself. I mean, a lot of people. MF Doom is definitely like a, a legend. Yeah, I, love, I, I love heard him. of MF Doom. I love him. Yeah, and it's just like so. I so a lot of times when I'm doing my work, I'm listening to music. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the people I'm like one of the people I'm really listening to. Um, but no, like he he he, he the man. He one of my people. He one of my people. Um. <laughs> now you said when you do your art, you listen to a lot of music other than MF Doom. Mm -hmm. Give me two more artists you listen to. Two other artists like. Real bad. Oh, real bad. Ooh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't, I like, <laughs> my, my taste, my taste is out there. So okay, it's good. So um, I'll say one of the people I really, really listen to. Ooh, I'm like, do I name another rapper? Do I keep going? Because you know, I listen. I really yeah. listen. I uh, so one of the people I really listen to. I'll say alternative R and B wise. I'm going that route. Okay. Um. I listened to a person, uh, well, recently I've been hooked on this person named Tempest. Tempest. She's really dope. She has a few songs right now. She, right now, she gives me kind of like scissor vibes, mm -hmm. you know? I, I just love it. And so I, I really dig into new music, so I'm always digging, figuring out mm -hmm. some new people. Um, Baby Mother. She's Baby a, Mother. She, her name, her, yeah, she's a, she's a rapper from Chattanooga. Okay. And she just recently moved to Atlanta. She's really dope. She Baby she, Mother. She got that, she got that. She got that sound. And then okay. I know I hope. I know it's just a bit too, but it's let me okay. get that one. Um, a third person I really listen to is uh I'm trying to think. I just it's, it's all over the place, y'all. I I'm bet trying. that playlist is very colorful. It's colorful. Oh, because yeah, like, you know, when the Spotify rap mm -hmm. happened, they said, Why did you listen to ninety eight genres? I don't know. <laughs> Cause I want it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then another person I listened to, which is gonna be kinda off not off there, but um I I, I kinda recently got into uh black rock, like alternative mm -hmm. rock. So there's an older band called um Bad Brains. Bad Brains. Bad Brains are actually a black uh there's they, different you know it's different now so it's just like okay. but it's dope because um i listen i like listening to black music all over the spectrum people mm -hmm. think that black people just do certain things right. and that is not the case i'm listening wow. to opera i'm going to instrumentals i'm going to people living in japan and now they're making mm -hmm. japanese black jazz and you know it's, it's really cool there. it's cool like you just understand that black Blackness is limitless, and I, yes. I I I want people to know that you know. Like yes. I listen to one person I do listen to, like no doubt I listen to Duke Deuce a lot. <laughs> My friend, you could juke. No, I can't juke <laughs> like that. I try. <laughs> when you start adding the, yeah, like my. Yeah, my, my friends started to like really get me into it. I I, I just I can't slide. I can't slide and do all the gliding like. But they we can. could do just do it a little quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they just start pointing their feet like that, and they start. You, know, you got it down. 
and they, and they start going at I I can't do the footwork part fast. So that's just <laughs> oh my, we need to collab with some jukers. <laughs> oh, that'd be. Mm. I have a friend. I have a friend named uh, Charlie. Charlie can. Charlie ju- Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> soul off. So I need to learn from her. Um, but no, like I, I would love to learn how to juke. But yeah. do Deuce, do do. Anyway, but do Deuce also and and um, his artist Glockiana. Th- that's my Memphis whole. They those two right now. Those are my two favorite artists right now from Memphis. I I, okay. I, I know there's a lot of you know what I real saw him going. post her Glock Glock. Yeah, she she's she's. Akiana, um, she's a fifteen-year-old mm-hmm. rapper. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I just someone randomly posted. I said, "What?" Yeah, and I love. To me, I, I love that hunger. I love that young energy, and mm-hmm. it's just crazy just to see someone like that at such a young age, literally just gliding mm-hmm. the, with their with their gift. Yeah, and I mean, you already have someone believing you and. You're going to craft that. You're only 15, you know? 15, so, giving so, us all in Memphis vibe. Right. So I, I was like, okay, so he got good taste. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just like right now, even though I, I like, I mess with everybody who's coming out right now. Like there's great, Memphis has talent. I, that's what I tell all people the time. over. I, and, and that's one of the things I always tell my clients. I literally yeah. spend 10 minutes with all my new clients just telling them about <laughs> the, the folks we got here. I was like, y'all should just know that yeah. I don't care what y'all heard in media. This is what we got going on. Yeah. And and they'd be like, oh, for real? And I like slide through. I'm like, yeah, like these are people who are actually doing the thing. And definitely. But anyway, yeah, these are the people I listen to. I listen all over. Yes. And um, and it just inspired me. Like I listen to how I feel mm-hmm. at that moment. I listen to things to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, Like music helps me with like figuring out color schemes. I'm really good really? with colors. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, you listen to certain music and you're like, okay, this makes me think of this moment. You know, you start connecting sound with visuals. That's mm. what I'm really big into. Um, because sound, I think, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody, but for me personally, I think sound and music is one of the uh, creative outlets that I think connects people the most. Mm. I think I think music really, like, allows people yeah. to connect in a way. I'm talking about you might have someone what was it i was at a party me knowing me and then i'm connecting with someone who probably made like six seven figures and mm-hmm. and we both can sing the same lyrics you know what i'm saying okay. that's not, you know what i'm saying so Get it's just I go so it's just like <laughs> listening to those songs and listening to those different vibes um really influenced me and helps me just understand the kind of interaction i want people with my music so when people say like my music is bright whatever it's, it's funny because sometimes i might be listening to rock music sometimes yeah. i'm listening to gangster rap or mm-hmm. or alternative rap or i'm listening to uh vaporwave and all mm. all these different all really creative them. creative channels of <laughs> sound yeah so Wow, <laughs> Maya Sane, I have truly enjoyed you on the podcast. I feel like we could just keep talking, and I'm going to find out more and more that I love about you. But I am so happy that you joined me today. I'm so happy that you're sharing more about yourself. No problem. Yes, it, and it's like really kind of like therapeutic, isn't it? It is, because, oh, okay, when you get in the spotlight and people start looking at you, like, we talked about before you don't want to do the wrong thing so you can kind of look like a deer in headlights and yeah. be like who if i say one thing it's over because you know you know the cancel culture cancel culture likes to cancel yes they cancel they cancel fast anyway so <laughs> so it's just like um after i kind of realized i'm like actually you know number one i just know myself and i know i'm not gonna say anything too crazy or problematic yeah. in the first place i'm fine and then i take accountability and i let people know i make mistakes and i'm always open to learning and changing perspective i'm not gonna 
you know, I'm not trying to be like, you know, uh, argumentative about something that can, you know, sometimes you see the same as some people. Sometimes you don't. And you can agree, you know, as long as it's not problematic and hurting people and causing any harm, like real harm or anything. Like, I don't mind having a conversation and growing and being wrong sometimes. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you um, for blessing me with your first podcast appearance uh, on Verbally Effective. Um, A lot of things that you've mentioned about Memphis is truly why I started Verbally Effective, because I want people to know about these amazing Memphians. Memphis is a true gem around here. A real gem. And people need to know about it. People need to know about it. I'm talking about internationally need to know about it. Yes, yes, that is so true. Now, tell the Verbally Effective audience how they can continue to follow your amazing journey, Maya Sang. Oh, no problem. Um, Y'all can follow me on social media, um, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I'm, I'm 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 like y'all y'all. You remember Black Twitter was doing the whole funeral thing for Twitter. I'm kind of so Twitter tw- tw- Twitter Twitter is not in the casket right now, but they in the funeral home for me. So you can add me on yeah. there if you want to, but add me at Hey H E Y Maya Sane M I A S A I N E and Hey Maya Sane. Just all the platforms. So yes. follow me there. Check her out because I feel like there's going to be more amazing news about her journey coming on out. And we have truly enjoyed listening to your journey today. Like I said, I could go on and on, but honey, for the sake of time, we're going to have to just put an uh in it right here. We can always do a part two. We can I'm, always do. We can always come back. You know what? We can always do some on location stuff, but maybe surrounding one of your projects and we can get to see how you do what you do and, you know, the music playing and are, we start joking. Well, <laughs> Don't tell I mean, it. We're going to have a barbecue, have a friend have a barbecue, yes. start dancing. Oh, yeah, we can do whatever. Yes. But, no, I'm down because... Cool. Um, because anything, I want to, I want to be connected. I want to be around folks, good people. And yes. Yeah. Show Memphis, like. Yes. <laughs> Maya saying, repping Memphis to the max, illustrator, designer. You know, she got all the coolest clients in the world. Please continue to follow her journey. And I want to thank you all for checking out the Verbally Effective podcast again. Uh, please subscribe on all streaming platforms and hit that subscribe button on that Ina Esco YouTube channel as well. Happy holidays. Go to Target. Happy holidays, y'all. Yeah, go to Target. <laughs> and get Maya Sane products out there. Yes, but before the 31st, too, please. Before okay. the 31st. Okay, bye, y'all. All right, bye, y'all. <laughs>